Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCartane. Very nice to talk to you this morning. This is a bit of an early recording on a podcast, but I thought I'd get up early while everyone else was fast asleep and sit there and record some podcasts because it's the summer holidays and otherwise the children burst in and, Mum, Mum, can we do something? So that aside, welcome to The Plotting Shed. It's nice to talk to you again. As always, everything I talk about on The Plotting Shed, you will find on my website, on the blog, which is plantplots.com. If you look for The Plotting Shed on the website, that has all my blog posts. And as always, again, I would love to hear from you. So if you would like to send me an email or if you've got questions about garden design, or even in fact, if you would like me to do one of your gardens for you or, or create a design for you, please contact me, rachel at plantplots.com. So before I start this morning's little podcast, I must apologise actually, I did say to you um, I would try and podcast every couple of weeks. I failed miserably, but I do believe in quality over quantity. So unless I've got something that I think is worthwhile saying, I'm just not going to sit here and spout verbiage because I don't think you really want to listen to that. I also said that I was going to give you a podcast of the Hampton Court Flower Show Um, and sadly I didn't get there this year because unfortunately I had a little deluge of garden designs that came came winging their way into my emails and I had to get those customer designs done. Um, You know, money comes first so sadly I, I didn't go. But I did have some very good friends of mine who who did go, and actually I was quite surprised because they came back and said that they were they felt disappointed. They've been going along with me to the Hampton Court Flower Show for a number of years. In fact, I started going there with my father when it first came out. He was uh, displaying some new products that my mother had designed um, called swag bags. But Hampton Court was a very much smaller show than it is. And it was actually much more of a flower show. It was much more of an innovative show than it is now. Sadly, my friend said to me that they came back and just felt like they were walking around a giant plant-based supermarket. That's all it was. Everything was there to sell you stuff, as opposed for you to see things that were interesting in garden design and the, the plants and ways to use plants and everyone loves to go and see the gardens and all the things that are on display and they just felt the balance has tipped too much towards the commercial as opposed to the innovative. Now I know shows have to make money, they have to, you know, the the more that there is to see, the more people come in to see them. But if the reason that you're going to the flower show is you know, what is there is being squeezed into an ever smaller percentage of what the show is about, you will lose the reason that people want to go. I mean, if I want to go and buy stuff for the garden, I won't go to a flower show to order stuff I can't carry home. On to what I was going to discuss today, which is as a sort of a, a a move on from the flower show, but something that I've been increasingly thinking about. And it sparked from a question I asked one of my customers and she had sent me some photographs of her garden and they had a young child and they wanted to redesign the garden. 
So she was coming and telling me all the things that they would like to have and sending me photos of things that they liked in the garden and all these sorts of things so I could get an idea of what they wanted. And I sent one question back to her and it just sparked in my mind, actually, that's really what we need to be talking about now with regard to garden design, especially for children. And that question I just sent back to her was play space or interesting space. So that's really what this podcast is about, because the way that we have created gardens in the past has followed the same format that the lawn space is made as large as possible and the plants are kind of strewn around the edges so they don't get in the way. So the children have plenty of space to run around. We can put a slide on the grass, we can put a swing on the grass. There's lots of space for people to throw balls or shoot baskets in a hoop or play cricket if you've got a garden big enough or or put a football goal in there and smash a football at the goal. And that's the way we've always done things. The plants have been just put around the edges. They're not too big. They're certainly not spiky because we don't want that with young children to get for them to run around and get hurt. But everything is is moved to the edges so that the children have space to play. But there are increasingly problems with that design now. For a start off, many modern gardens now are much, much smaller than they used to be in the 70s and and the 80s. You know, they're probably half the size that the average garden was when houses were built then. So there simply isn't the the same amount of space for children to run around in the garden. You know, five paces and they'll bang into a fence these days almost. Maybe that sort of mindset of how we create a garden is no longer valid when the modern gardens on modern housing developments are much, much smaller. The second problem has been how children have changed their play with the advent of modern technology. For example, you know, they've got phones even from a young age, tablets, screens, phones, Xboxes, Playstations, iPads, you name it, they're all on them from an increasingly early age. You know, I actually find it quite sad when you see a a toddler sitting in uh, the the shopping trolley while their parents are are going around the, the shop buying the food. And instead of engaging with the child now, very often the child has been given the parent's phone so that they can play with the screen. You know, we we are teaching this screen dependence inadvertently from a very young age, when actually we want the children to get out in the garden and play and have some fun and be out in the natural world and not indoors in front of a screen. The problem is our gardens now just can't compete with the Xbox. They can't compete with the screen. The screen is more interesting. The screen is more fun. So if gardens are going to encourage our children to get outside, we have to identify why they're boring for a child now. Because if the garden was interesting, it would have a similar pull to the screens and the Xboxes and the iPads. So obviously we've got different ages of children that we have to deal with, but let's just say we have a garden with you know, younger children in it. So we're not talking teenagers because they are a different breed. How are our gardens viewed from a child's perspective? 
And if you actually stand in your garden and look at it, it really is an empty open space with a couple of objects in. It's a bit of a goldfish bowl, really, isn't it? There's nothing really in the middle space for children potentially to do. So they tend to do nothing and the Xbox wins. So we have to rethink how we're going to create a garden, but from a child's viewpoint. Now, I've kind of sat there and gone back to my childhood, which seemed to be in the distant past now, and, and think, what did we do? Because obviously we didn't have television. Or, well, we did have television, but children's TV didn't start till after school. It stopped at 6pm, so everyone could sit down and have dinner. There was no television in the morning. We didn't have 24-hour anything. In fact, there were only three channels when I was a child, four channels eventually. You know, there were books and that was about it. We had to go outside and, and make our own enjoyment. Now, I'm not saying that, that my childhood and, and, and back then in the days, childhoods were all idyllic and everything else. There was a lot of time that we were really bored. I do remember lying on my back watching clouds uh, and trying to make shapes from the clouds because there was nothing else to do. But there we are. I was still using my imagination. But what did we do as children? What were we playing? What did we go out and do? Well, obviously we rode our bikes and we went out in our gardens and yes, we kicked footballs and threw balls and all those other sorts of normal things. But we also played hide and seek. We played the very non-politically correct cowboys and Indians or bang, bang, you're dead games. You know, I spent hours with our, with our friends in our neighbourhood with sticks and we used to run around shooting each other, hiding behind trees, hiding in bushes, leaping out at each other, having hideaways, having dens, all of those sorts of things in the garden. Because gardens were a bit bigger, let's face it. So parents had space to have a lawn and various other things. But children aren't very aren't a new species now than they were in the past. And let's face it, an awful lot of the computer games that we have revolve around the bang bang you're dead approach to, to gaming, or hide and seek, or finding things, except that they're just doing it virtually on a screen as opposed to physically themselves. Now, some of the games, you know, like the Geo, I think, is it Geo, whatever it is, Geo something, that you go out and you try and find treasure that people have left around, you know, they're great. That's where technology and the physical world can interact. You know, the Pokemon things, at least it got people out and about. They're still looking at a screen, but they are out and about. But the essence is this. Our gardens, or the gardens that we created, are, in essence, boring for children. There's nothing to attract them into the garden. We have created what we think a child wants, which is space to run around. But in a small garden, that space simply isn't big enough. They can't run around in it. So they simply don't do it. But the upshot is we have to change. We have to, we have to alter. We have to morph what our modern gardens need to be. And you need to put your mind back into the mind of, mindset of a child. Now, you can have the patio, that's the adult space. But the lawn space really should be set up as the play space, the interesting space for the child. And this is where it came back to, do you want space for them just to run around and play or do you want the space for them to be interested? And I think we need to make the garden more interesting. So what kind of things would we do? Well, 
If you take yourself back, what did you do? You liked climbing on things. You liked jumping off things. You liked hiding behind things. You liked crawling and finding a little space that just felt like you were the only person on the world. And this is what we've got to do in the garden. So yes, we've got climbing frames, but rather than just plonking a climbing frame in the middle of the lawn, actually put the climbing frame in the middle of the plants so that the child feels that they're growing, they're climbing into the trees. You know, if you've got a small tree in the garden, put the climbing frame with it, you know, let them dangle off. We've sanitised gardens so much to make them safe places for children. We've made them boring. And if you think we did all the things, we climbed on fences, we jumped off the trees, we dangled upside down from branches. If we fell off, yes, accidents did happen. Of course they did. I do recall falling off a tree branch one time and landing on my head. Now that's not good and I'm not saying it is. But we have to give children a little bit of danger in the garden. You know, my parents bought us pen knives. We used to whittle wood. It was a little bit dangerous. But for us, that made it exciting. If you're going to create a garden now for the child, you've got to sit there and think, what can I do to introduce a little managed risk? Now, it may be in your garden, you sit there thinking, and you've got to completely redefine your viewpoint of what a traditional garden is. So what did you like doing as a child? Well, we went walking in the woods, but being in the middle of the woods wasn't the best bit. It was being in the middle of the woods and coming out into a little sunny glade. Maybe you can actually recreate that in the garden and just think, do you know what? We're going to have some some small tree. We're going to we're going to put trees in the garden. We're going to put big plants in the garden. We're going to create this sort of jungle effect with bushes that actually aren't on the edges anymore. They're in the middle and the children have to worm their way through to find the little open space where they can go and have a picnic, they can go and hide with their friends, they can go and sit out and they don't feel they're being seen by mum and dad all the time. You can make interesting things. Every time you've gone on holiday, you have a memento that represents where you've been. You have your lovely beach holidays and you've collected a bit of driftwood or there are things that stones that you've painted or the children paint, for example, from a holiday. There is a place with the memories. Every time you come back, you have to put in your garden some part of your travels because that will remind children where you've been. But it also connects the garden to the children's lives. It doesn't become something that's separate. It becomes something that's integral. Have things to jump off. Those sorts of things will engage and interest them. I mean, I remember when I was a child, we had this uh, garden and we used to live in a small town in, in Essex. And we had a path that went all the way around the garden, which we could on our tricycles cycle around at, a, like, at the rate of knots. But at the end of the garden, in front of the path, she built a mound so that from her kitchen window, she had this mound of, of, of earth that she planted with pretty plants. So instead of just looking at the fence, she had this bank of, of plants to look at, which was nice. But what it meant was behind the bank was a space that we could go that mum couldn't see us. 
And so we had all sorts of adventures as as two-year-olds and three-year-olds and four-year-olds and five-year-olds, hiding behind there, doing all sorts of things, digging up worms, finding things that we shouldn't do. But that was our hidey space. And that's what attracted us into the garden as children. We have as adults to allow our kids space to make mistakes. You know, we have wrapped them up in cotton wool too much. This is one of my little life's beefs that what we are doing, because we have eliminated risk, we have given them such ordered lives that they have a one particular organized activity to go to and then they go to another organized activity and another organized activity. When we let them loose into the adult world, they're not emotionally robust enough. They can't cope with the stresses and strains because we've not allowed them to experience problems that they have to solve. So if they climb up a tree and fall out and break their arm, then yes, it's a problem. Yes, you hope it's not serious. Yes, it's it's painful. But that's part of learning what life is. Now, I'm not saying we should all say to everyone, right, go up there and fall out of your fall out of the tree. But the child will learn the risks of rash, irresponsible behavior. They will learn that behavior has consequences. So there are ways that we can manage risk, you know, under trees, we can have softer ground and all sorts of things. But for me, I think we have to make gardens more interesting. We have to make them less manicured. We have to make them less like a goldfish bowl. Why not have grasses in the middle of the lawn that grow taller, that your children can run through and pull bits off and all the rest of it? You know, we're just... We've just got to think outside the box. Just think of those four words, play space or interesting space. We just have to create gardens from a child's perspective and not from an adult perspective. And I think you will then find that you begin to win the battle of the Xbox and the PlayStation. As always, I have put blog posts on the plotting shed so you can read the article and see some ideas and designs and things. If you've got any ideas for garden designs or anything like that, or things that you would like me to talk about in the podcast, please do drop me a line. Rachel at plantplots.com. You can find everything on the website, as I said, plantplots.com. And until next time, enjoy yourself. Enjoy this lovely summer weather. Thank you for listening.